to the edge of the universe and back, endure and survive. Endure, survive. Endure, survive. Fuck yeah, man. <laughs> hey, keep it down, we're not out yet. Endure and spoil Vive. This is <laughs> Last of Us Spoilers. <laughs> it's really stupid, I know. I struggled. I feel like there's a better one out there. But welcome to Spoilers. I got the Naughty Dog boys with me. <laughs> Let them introduce themselves. Opening question tonight, and I'll go first to give you guys a second to think about it. But who is your favorite video game character of all time? This is Pappy, recording from Kalamazoo, Michigan. Gotta go with the Wild West. Been playing a lot of Red Dead Re- Red Dead Redemption 2 lately. And I love Arthur Morgan, but he's no John Marston. Mm. John Marston is my favorite video game character of all time. The voice performance, it's one of the greatest games ever made. Spoiler alert, the ending of Red Dead Redemption. He gets shot to hell and it's like one of the most tragic things ever. It's so hard to like play the rest of the game as his kid, but I fucking love John Marston. I think it would make a pretty good video game adaptation but i don't know i feel like it would have to be a little bit more longer and flushed out than the last of us was but we'll go east to east so the naughty dog boys you guys did an episode on last of us 2 video game 304 mikey john marston is a good get there i think they could condense that 90 hour video game into approximately a three hour movie that'd be (laughs) (laughs) maybe an hour and a half for me but uh, my favorite video game character, there's lots of ones to choose from. Mario's a good one. He's always funny, but I like Solid Snake. He's very cool. He's the main character in Metal Gear Solid. He's got a lot of awesome lines, great voice actor, cool cutscenes, great games. Solid Snake. Any of the snakes, actually. They're all pretty crazy. Stevie? Man, what about Venom Snake, Mikey? I like Venom Snake too. It wasn't even Venom Snake. It was like what, Punished Snake? Punished Venom Snake. Yeah, Punished Venom Snake. I think is what it's called. There's a lot of snakes. You're right, man. If we weren't doing an episode in the Last of Us, I would say, you know, Joel Miller is a pretty, pretty great character. But um, man, I think a character that I've had a shit ton of fun with the past like four or five years is Nordic Kratos. Mm. Man, Mikey, did you finish that game? No, but I've only played a little bit of the first one. Uh, the second one's—that's a tearjerker, man. That's a—that's like a grown man's game. That's a, that's a sad game. Um, yeah, I would say definitely Nordic Kratos. That's a—I think he's way better than you know Spartan or you know Greece Kratos. I, I just think that Nordic Nordic Kratos is. He's a pretty awesome character, so I'll go with him. Wasn't it God of War? That's the name of the game, right? Yeah. You're talking about? Yeah, God of War. There's a show happening for that? Am I wrong? I think it's supposed to be an Amazon show. Really? Who would play Kratos? Yeah, that's going to be a tough one to cast. You guys did an episode, though, on Last of Us 2, and you had a pretty good breakdown of the first game. Let me just start, Stevie. You said Joel is one of your favorite video game characters of all time. What do you think about our boy, Pedro Pascal? as Joel. I think he did a really good job. Um, what's kind of what's kind of fun about I mean not even fun, but 
Joel's a pretty complicated and layered character. Um, there's a lot to his backstory that he doesn't outright say along the way, but, you know, you kind of pick up these little bits, you know, here and there. And um, I think Pedro did a pretty great job of portraying, you know, a broken man with a lot of silent rage that comes out every once in a while. I feel like Pedro Pascal is the coolest guy in the world right now. I love him so much. I would see him in anything. Yeah, tough to find any other TikTok that doesn't feature Pedro Pascal right now. He's kind of taken over, but it's pretty cool. A Hispanic guy being all the rage. Mm Mm-hmm. I was going to ask you guys, do you think it's like someone like who's a Zoomer or like wasn't around, like fully understands just how big zombies were in like the late aughts, early teens? Zombies were everywhere. Like speaking of Red Dead Redemption, that game had one DLC and it was zombies. Oh, yeah. And like Call of Duty or not Call. Yeah. Was it Call of Duty that had zombies? Mm-hmm. I feel like I, I don't know if it was like the Walking Dead effect. But I feel like zombies were the big thing before vampires took over. Mikey, can you explain a little bit? I know you did on the episode 304, but what's the basic premise of The Last of Us? The game and the show, like in the universe, what's what's it all about? Uh, the stuff that is infecting people in The Last of Us is spores. And like they kind of take a bit of a different take on it in the show. The spores, um, I guess they can... I, I don't know, network and talk through the ground. That's not really a thing in the game. <laughs> uh, but in the game, the spores are kind of also contagious through the air. Like if you breathe it in, you could become infected. So there's a lot of pulling on gas masks, but we're not going to put a gas mask over Pedro Pascal's face. Uh, I'm sure he wouldn't like that. He's uh, already got a show. Yeah, yeah. Or he has to wear a mask all the time. So... I mean, there's not even a lot of infected in this TV show, so uh, besides one episode, but the the infected are just a little bit different. They have more like tentacle-like things that come out of their mouths. I don't know, Stevie, what else? They look exactly the same. The clickers were pretty incredible, not going to lie. Yeah, that's like the best makeup I've ever seen. That's Yeah, crazy. the clicker to clicker ratio, like when you can actually tell like they actually applied makeup on somebody was pretty outstanding um i didn't love the hive mind kind of network aspect of it but i get it Uh, it never paid off at all and now it never paid off not yet you think it will at some point yes these things cost money man doing a show like this it can't be cheap so i get it like the show did a really good trick of front-loading infected because in like the last four or five episodes, there's virtually none. Right. I feel like they put them in the front, so it's kind of like you remember there being a lot. Like there's that whole scene where Tess, one kisses her, basically, with mm-hmm. the tentacles. And I don't know. You don't see a lot of them later. Do you think it's probably budgetary constraints? Um, I don't know. That's where it's like, oh, this is why The Last of Us is so much better than other zombie IPs is because it's about the the people or whatever, but... In the last half of that game, I'm trying to think of all of the zombie encounters that you come into. The tunnel before the hospital is pretty insane. Yeah, but it's it's mostly you're fighting a bunch of people yeah. towards the end of the game. I couldn't blame them for that because I, I was kind of racking my brain as to what was happening. I do want to 
talk about the first couple episodes. I don't want to go episode by episode, but I remember watching the first episode. You guys have played the game, beat the game. I started the game of like 10 years ago, and then I played through it like four or five years ago, like but only got halfway through. I remember watching the first episode of this show and like pretty much right away knowing this is probably the best video game adaptation of all time. And there's one for one scenes, shots of the video game that are like transferred to this first episode. Mikey, did anything stand out to you from the first episode? And can you kind of take us through like the basic setup here of, of The Last of Us? It gives a lot of depth to Joel's character. Uh, in the first episode, get just like background into his life. He is what, a foreman or something? He works construction, him and his brother. He's got a daughter, Sarah, no wife or girlfriend in the picture. And everything seems normal, but there's like apparently some, some warning going around about not to eat grain. And they're listening to that warning. If you watch the episode closely, I guess they're not, they're not accepting food from other people and stuff like that. Mm -hmm. What else happens in that first episode? I don't know. I mean, we get to meet his brother. It has more to do with Sarah than anything. Yeah. They follow Sarah around. She's because we don't know Sarah at all in the game. We play as her for like 10 minutes and then (laughs) get swept away in a car. And then, yeah, we kind of meet the same fate. That's one-to-one to the game, mm-hmm. that encounter with the army guy. It's okay, baby. We're safe. We're safe. Hey, we need help. Stop. Please. It's my daughter. I think her leg is broken. Stop right there. We're not s- sick. Got a couple of civilians on the outer perimeter. Please advise. Daddy, what about Uncle Tommy? We're going to get you to safety and go back for him, okay? Sir, there's a little girl. But, yes, sir. Somebody we've just been through hell. Okay, we just need... Shit. It's okay, baby. You're safe. Don't move. My daughter's hurt. Her ankle. Stop right there. Okay. Easy now. We're not sick. I got two civilians by the river. One of them injured. Ankle. What about Uncle Tommy? We're gonna get you somewhere safe first. Then we'll go back for him, okay? Okay. I'm sorry, Repeat. Hey, no one told you to move. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. We're not sick. Sir. We are not sick! The car scene is like a literal same shot. Like I, I remember that yeah. specifically from from the game. There's stuff that's like more, oh I don't know, just like explained or expanded upon in the show that is just kind of brushed over. None of the bread stuff or the grain stuff is ever ex- explained in the game. I don't remember, but just a lot of extra little context to, and uh, stuff not already in the game. There was an episode, like, I don't remember if it was the second or third episode, but there's a whole intro sequence of Indonesia pre the breakout, I uh-huh. think, or like when it's first happening that explains it. Stevie, what what causes zombies? Because this is going to sound like a little bit of a dig, 
like the Last of Us concept is kind of basic in a lot of ways, and I mean that in the best way possible because I think it's like one of the best, like, I don't know, video game stories ever. But it's just like zombies bite you and you become a zombie. But it finds a way to kind of like make that interesting. So, what this show does a good job of explaining is, like, the Cordyceps aren't, like, the bad guy. You know what I mean? The the Cordyceps literally are just doing their job, which is to multiply and survive. No different than humans. So, in the beginning, we kind of get, get that, like, 1960s, you know, talk show, um, which is pretty much two guys talking about what happens you know, if the cordyceps started to multiply, how would that happen? And they brought it kind of in global warming, climate change, and if they had a reason to adjust, you know, to being able to survive in the human body above its normal heat temperature, like it would probably look like this. So I like that kind of Indonesian um, intro a lot where, you know, they're talking about kind of you know ground zero of the spread and that poor professor was just like bomb the entire city because she Mm. she knows how fast this will spread i thought it was going to be like every episode was going to have that little intro but i feel like the show i think you said this mikey the show is like more committed to building out the world and it like especially shines through in episode three um but really quick before we get to that there's two main characters joel played by Pedro Pascal and Ellie. Mikey, can you talk to us about Ellie a little bit? Just who she is as a character? Ellie is a bit of a stinker. She's always getting into trouble. Uh, She's always talking back and cursing a lot. She's got a knife. She wants a gun. She's pretty dangerous. She's immune uh, we don't find out how she's immune until like the very last episode here. A- and that's something we don't know at all in the game is how she's immune. There's lots of uh, new context for Ellie in the in the show compared to the game. I feel like there's some pushback when Bella Ramsey, is that her name right? Was first, mm-hmm. first cast. She was Lady Mormont in Game of Thrones. Very much kind of like keeping it in the HBO universe here having the Viper from Game of Thrones and Bella Mormont. What did you think, Stevie, of Ellie's performance? Um, I thought it was pretty good. She's, what, 17 years old? Yeah, I think so. And she's English, yeah, I mean, too. Like, I, when you watch the behind the scenes, she, I, her accent is so different than Ellie's. I was fucking shocked. <laughs> I was like, that's what she sounds like? Yeah, I know, exactly. Um, I thought she was pretty good. I thought she did a little bit of, you know, 1 to 10 sometimes, but I'm not going to criticize you know that young of an actress trying to play a role like this that you know some of the episodes like season did have pacing issues and that's not her fault um so I, th- I mean i thought overall she was a pretty good ellie she's a little more bloodthirsty than video game ellie yeah as of right as now. as of right now yeah what do you mean by that um that first encounter with that guard outside she's like looking at pedro as he's bashing that dude's face in i don't know like that doesn't happen in the game. I don't think Ellie's not looking at you like that. No. Um, uh, like this Ellie, she's kind of like more aggressive as well. Like when they get to Tommy, she's pretty aggro for no reason. I don't know. Maybe I'm just like, I haven't played the game in a while, but 
This alley just seems pretty aggressive for the, for the most part. They live in things called QZs, which are quarantine zones. And the world is just like totally gone to shit. It's a post-apocalyptic world. Pedro Pascal has to get Ellie to some unknown hospital in the Midwest. We were going to move Ellie out of the zone tonight, but we won't make it anywhere like this, not for a while anyway. So now I'm thinking you're going to do it. I'm not going with them. Let me take her. We don't have time for this. Oh, you don't have time? Who is she? To you, she's cargo. We don't smuggle people. Sorry. I can do it. Kim, you don't have a fucking ear on your fucking head, could you please? There's a team of fireflies waiting for her at the old state house. I know what's out there. We were going with an entire squadron for that very reason. But now I don't have a truck, I don't have a squadron. Fedra's five minutes away. What I do have is you. And I know what you're both capable of, for better or worse. What are they capable of? Are the fireflies good guys? How am I supposed to feel about the fireflies? Because the whole point, like, there's different factions, right? And it's a bigger part of the game, I think, especially the, the second game. How do you guys feel about the fireflies in general? Like, when you guys, I, I, I edited the episode that you guys did. And when I was listening to it, I kind of more took that they're the bad. Like, I don't know. Like, ultimately, they're bad guys. But I feel like the show makes the whole decision a little bit more gray. Some could say the fireflies did nothing wrong. <laughs> Watching this show, uh, I think it feels like they're the bad guys. Because, like, you look at, like, the technology available. It's like, there's no way they're going to make a fucking cure out of this. If they slice this girl's head open, they're just shooting in the dark. So I feel like it'd just be a waste. But they want you to make you feel like, because that's what the second season is going to be about. They made, they hung on one dude's blown open skull for one <laughs> whole 30 seconds or whatever to, to make a point that that's going to come back in the second season or whatever. But yeah, uh, I, I, I never really thought that they were the good guys because they kind of uh, put Ellie under like without her consent or like they don't tell her what's going on. Right. They're just yep. about to hack her o- open. So. I feel like they're bad. They're desperate because they don't want to live in this world anymore, but... What also happened with the Fireflies, too, is factionalism. Fireflies had factions beyond factions. So I'm sure there were some good Fireflies. There's also a lot of bad. And the whole the whole story is, like like you said, Mikey, they, they, they're trying to get Ellie to this place that they think is going to be okay. And ends up like they, they want to kill her when they get there. It's kind of it's very similar to The Mandalorian, in a lot of ways, because Pedro Pascal, you know, plays the Mandalorian, but he's the sort of guardian of Ellie. And his whole arc is trying to get over the death of his daughter, Sarah. And he starts to sort of surrogate daughter Ellie into that role. And so at first they have a very like confrontational relationship and they slowly gl- grow closer and closer together. Um, Stevie, can you tell us about the character Tess, though? Because Tess sets out on this journey at the beginning. And when you look at the IMDb credits, almost no characters have multiple episode credits. Right. Which, like, it's very much like a single story, like, self-contained adventures here. But And Tess is one of the ones that has, like, two credits. But I feel like if you didn't play the game, you would think Tess is going to be, like, a major character throughout the series, but she dies. Yeah, um, Tess is a pretty interesting character. She's, her and Joel have a, I don't even know how to describe their relationship. Here's the way I look at it. Tess loves Joel, 
but never asked Joel to love her in return, if that makes sense. Ryder dies. Yeah. Um, Tess is also very, by any means necessary, uh, she will get stuff done. And I think that, you know, Joel has been in this hell for the past 20 years. And I think she was one of those people that really kind of helped him through it for the most part. Their life sucks at the beginning. Yeah. Like Pedro Pascal is getting like blackout drunk. You know what I mean? There's a, there's a whole scene where he's just like pounding shots and taking pills and falling asleep. I really like this show. I don't want to come across as negative, but I did think that the whole scene with Tess, when she's trying to like light the lighter to blow up all the infected that are around her, a couple times the show gets a little bit like too like saved at the last minute by something, right? Where the lighter is mm-hmm. like not going off, and then all of a sudden it does. Like right as the zombie's about to like throat fucker with the <laughs> the tentacles, <laughs> it's just weird. Like. I, I, <laughs> I, I don't know. And it happens later, too, in Kansas City. But they, so they set out from the, the East Coast QZ. They got to head out to Colorado. Those are the first two episodes. Episode three is where I feel like the show like really started to gain a lot of traction. And if you look at the ratings, like after episode three, the ratings just go like fucking through the roof. And I feel like that's when it became like a real pop culture moment. I have some mixed feelings now, like thinking about when we see the whole season about episode three. But Mikey, can you tell us who the ballad of Bill and Frank of a self-contained episode here? Uh, yeah, this is very different from the game. Uh, Bill and Frank is a whole uh, one-off episode where we learn about Bill and how he's been surviving in this apocalypse. And he's a prepper. He's got lots of... Uh, Lots of guns, lots of ammo, lots of supplies. He knows the layout of the town that he's staying in. He's got a setup everywhere he goes for... Yeah, he's got like a whole fence, perimeter fence around this whole town and everything. He's good to go. And what's what's the guy's name? Nick Offerman? Bill? No, not, not Bill. The other character. Frank? Frank shows up one day and uh, falls into one of Bill's traps and kind of pleads for his life and to stay and eat and get some food and rest and Bill reluctantly agrees and he ends up staying a lot longer than anticipated and they end up falling in love with each other and they go through this whole saga and we pass oh I don't know how many years do you think 15 20 years or something at least 20 uh, in their yeah at least in 20. their lives yeah and Frank ends up becoming sick with like MS or something and wants to commit suicide via ODing on some pills and red wine or something and uh, Bill doesn't tell him that he also ODs with him uh, with pills and red wine and they go and die together. It's a very sad episode but oh boy is it so much different than the game. (laughs) It's not even close to the same. What happens in the game? Like Frank they fight and Frank kills himself or something, right? And Bill's like an actual character who interacts with Joel. Well, you follow Bill in the game and you just like go around and have encounters with zombies and like, I don't know, maybe people at some point. But all there is of Frank is you bump into a, a corpse hung in a room 
uh, with a note left that said, fuck you, Bill, or whatever. <laughs> I hate, always hated you. It was a spiteful one. Yeah. Yeah. But Bill was pretty upset when he, when they run into that room. But um, it seemed like their relationship was much, much different uh, compared to the game. They split the town in the game pretty much. Like, this is my side of the town. This is yours. Mm. So, like, when episode three came out, it was heralded as, like, one of the best episodes in television history. And I think as, like, a standalone story, it's insanely compelling. Like, these two characters, like, falling in love and... You know, everything you said, Mike, like the whole prepper attitude and living their life together. And Frank really shows Bill how to love or like how to love life. You know, like Frank's got this zest for life. Frank, by the way, played for by um, what's his name in White Lotus TV? Oh, Armand or something. I was shocked when I found out it was the same guy. I was like, holy shit, this guy looks totally different. And the way he talks and everything. I don't know. Like the the thing of it is, is like now that we have like a nine episode series covering like a twenty hour game or whatever, that was an insane amount of like screen time to spend on a story that really just builds out the world. Mm-hmm. I don't know, Steve. Where do you, where do you come down in episode three? Episode three was necessary <laughs> because uh, that was pretty much the launching point for Joel to understand that he had a purpose. Wait, what do you mean? So I think Joel was kind of on the fence on how far he needed to go with Ellie. And, you know, Nick Offerman left that note for Joel, meaning it for Joel and Tess. But I think he read that note in the vein of like, this is actually about me and Ellie, about how to protect somebody, you know. And I think that was kind of his calling to be in like, all right, we're going to take this to the end, whether Joel like knew it or not at that point. And I think that note really affected him. Um, so I know a lot of people didn't like it because it didn't evolve a lot of our main characters for the most part. It was very much standalone, but personally, as someone like who played the game and got more backstory for Bill and Frank, I loved it. Mm-hmm. It's a bold fucking choice by your boy, Craig Mason to love Craig to put the narrative on pause and like, okay, we're just going to build out this whole like depth of how they're able to get get supplies it feels weird as just a a one-off of one character one episode gets one character and like not on the back end of that happening again of another i don't know maybe like tommy or something what what's he been up to or but of course we don't get that in the game either so everybody no, wants to not. know what tommy <laughs> <right now. laughs> tommy's been having severe ptsd for the past 20 years so it, it to me, it feels weird in the context of the show that there's not another one-off episode on like the back end of this, but I guess it doesn't so much matter because I can't think of anybody like that in the second half of the game anyways. I guess David, but he's a bad guy. Yeah. I said it at the beginning, like the spoiler was uh, Endurance Spoil Vive, but... Who could forget? I can't, one of the best. I kind of wish Frank didn't tap out. Like I know, I I know it's like like Frank had a severe physical. Like he's probably living in pain. Probably had ALS, you know, and, man. And and listen, I get it. I'm like you know pro euthanasia and everything. But like I feel like a lot of the whole point of the show is to just like keep going 
even to the point where in a later episode, like Ellie's friend says, you don't ever give up. Frank kind of gives up. I mean, so does Bill. Bill gives up even more. Yeah. And Bill's whole existence was about prepping and surviving. I think this is a mirror to the final episode. How so? Because Frank was given a choice and Ellie wasn't. Ooh. Frank went out on his own terms because he was given a choice and he knew what he wanted to do. And that's that. And, you know, Bill took it as, I'm going to let you have that choice, but just so you know, I don't want to live in a world where you're not in it. And if you mirror that with Joel and Ellie, Ellie was not given a choice by the Fireflies nor Joel, but Joel decided for her that before you're taken from this world, I'm going to do everything in my power to make sure that you're not. So I think it's a, a good mirror for the final episode. Okay, I actually like that a lot then if that's like kind of like setting that whole yeah whole setup up because it's a betrayal i mean you know joel you can say joel betrayed the world but he betrayed ellie even more so you're kind of coming down on what joel did was wrong no at the end i just i know how to read it that's the (laughs) that's how other people read joel's decision is that he's a bad guy because he denied the world a vaccine possibly he's not a bad guy but like that shit was never gonna work no. It's never even called a vaccine, though. It's called, like, a cure. A cure, Which I don't know how yeah. that's going to work. That's a bold claim. <laughs> yeah, like, it takes, like, a clicker and be able to inject them with Ellie's blood and, like, they, they unclicker. Like, I don't, I don't know. Well, the thing is, too, is, like, Joel's kind of jaded by that by now, which is he's heard a million times, hey, we have a cure, hey, we have a cure. Joel's an old man. And if I, I don't know, if I had one criticism of the opening episode, like, there's no way Pedro Pascal looks like he's like in his early 30s or whatever Joel's supposed to be. But like, yeah, <laughs> Joel was there at the beginning. Like, he's seen it all. You guys are talking about differences from the game. I haven't played the game or I haven't played the game all the way through. But there's no equivalent of Kansas City. Pittsburgh. Pitt- so Pittsburgh is supposed to be Kansas City? In the game, it's Pittsburgh. In the show, it's Kansas City. What goes down here? Because this is where it starts to pivot from being about the infected to being about the people so in the game mikey i'm sure you agree with me like this is where like people become scary right like this when we kind of get our first taste of like fuck yeah the people chasing sam yeah like just like it's just people chasing other people for violent reasons and like you know if i remember correctly in the game it's been probably now two three years since i played it um you know, there is that kind of beggar part where a guy comes out in the middle of the street and he's like, hey, help me, help me. And Joel recognizes it right away because Joel did do that to people and murder innocent people. Uh, he was on that side. <laughs> and so that's pretty spot on to the part where they crash into that, you know, kind of that convenience store to where he's killing people. That's pretty spot on. Like Kansas City to Pittsburgh is a pretty good mirror between the game and the show. But including no, like, like including uh, Sam and Henry. But there's no like Kathleen. No, no, that's that's brand new. No, I this is where it gets tricky for me. I don't know if I need all this uh, <sighs> for the show. Yeah, I, I feel like it bogs down the show a little bit. For a, it takes up to, what two episodes, two or three episodes. It just takes a little too long for me. Out of every character that deserved two episodes, Kathleen was not one. No, of them. no, 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 no. 
Mm-hmm. Not at all. No, there's other characters you could have gone deep in on. And, you know, you know what? Like, Neil Druckmann, or, yeah, he's a genius. These are his characters. This is his property. He can do whatever the hell he wants. But mm-hmm. in my personal opinion, I didn't need to see two episodes of Kathleen. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering, like, why spend so much time on a character that was never in the game either? Like, why are you trying to inject this bizarre story and and it was like hard to follow the story for a while in the first place like we don't get context into what sam or henry had done to piss kathleen off dude i'm not gonna lie like i mean this in a great way but i feel like for a lot of viewers if they didn't play the game there's not a lot to go on in a lot of it does, does that make sense to you I'm guys wondering if they were lost yeah, yeah there's a lot of filler that like if you didn't play the game you don't know what the hell's going on it's so funny that you say that because I felt like having only played like the first little bit of the game, like I didn't even get to Pittsburgh, but it just feels like everything's happening so fast and it, it's kind of half in and half out of establishing these people, right? Like, mm-hmm. like if this is going to be like a seven, eight season show, like the like season one would have ended somewhere in Kansas City. Yeah. You know what I mean, like, mm-hmm. like really flushed out Kathleen is like a villain. I think we do get a little bit of like why she hates. Um, sorry, what's her name? Sam and Henry. Uh, Henry. Henry. We, we get a little bit of that because I think Henry like sold out her dad or brother. something like that. Her brother. Mm-hmm. But yeah, it's like you think Kathleen's going to be this like villain, and then again, it's like I don't know. It comes. It, it ends up coming down to a coincidence of the ground falling in and a bunch of infected coming out. So Kathleen, I understand like <sighs> it sees a game two when they break off into game two, Kathleen is going to make perfect sense over time. Just in the context of the first season, not a whole lot, but if you come back to Kathleen, when this whole series is said and done, She'll make perfect sense. Yeah. You gotta admit, I, Mikey, that makes the sense. Theme, the theme. The theme of, like, violence begets violence or whatever. Yeah, and it's a giant circle, which Ish, is what we're getting yeah. towards when Jerry got shot in the head in the hospital. That The whole series comes down to breaking that circle. So Kathleen makes sense in a way. And also does a lot of filler for... Um, Henry and Sam, you know, in the game versus the show. Because I like to look at it as companions. Rarely do I say, you know, the game is the game and, you know, I will say the game is the game is the show and the show. Rarely will I ever say, this is great filler between them. And, you know, this is canon for this, this is canon for that. The show does a great job of saying, like, you know, we don't get a great explanation of the game, but here's Henry and Sam and what they were doing before we get to them. Like, you know what I mean? So it, it makes sense. Or, like, you can see where, like, they made cuts in the game because, like, it's just going to take the budget way over. Mm-hmm. They can't program that in this amount of time or whatever. Yeah. I'm sure they were on a deadline as well trying to make The Last of Us the first time around. Oh, Craig Mason, I mean, he, he was a showrunner for this, and he talked about it. Like, what hell it is to be like, we can't afford that. Let's mm-hmm. do something else. And just having to scramble. It is really cool that they are, like, companion pieces. I've never seen anything like that before. It's yeah, really I mean, cool. Mikey, it's kind of it's stunning, though. Like, they are companion pieces. Mm-hmm. Like, we know what was going on, like, when we weren't with these characters now. It's it's pretty brilliant. I got this feeling when I was watching the first episode, and it must be the way that, like, 
people who read the Star Wars novels before the like new sequels felt about Star Wars. But like, like so when I was seeing like the shot for shot stuff, I kind of had this like moment where I was like, oh shit, they're going to do this all the fucking time now. You know what I mean? Like now that it's been done and done successfully, like there's just like this whole world of possibilities of we create a game cinematically with the show in mind. You know, where it used to be the other way around, right? Like where the Lord of the Rings games, mm-hmm. the Lord of the Rings movies came out. Now it's going to be like, it can go either way. Buddy, as someone who's watched the Halo series, they're going to keep trying and they're going to keep failing. <laughs> <laughs> that was like the worst fucking show I've ever seen. It was so bad. Was it really? Oh, it's not like the game at all. Master Chief is talking all the goddamn time. Wait, Master Chief is talking? All the time. He never shuts Why? up. Why? He doesn't he talk. He has his helmet off all the time. He doesn't have his helmet off. He doesn't talk. <laughs> There's no point this in that. This guy does. Mm-hmm. Ugh. But it's like you have to, I don't know, with things like Red Dead Redemption, and I, I really don't know if that would make a good show or not. It wouldn't. Red Dead would make an awesome show. But when people played this game, and I'm talking about like 10 years ago when people played this game, the way people described it was it's like playing a movie. And like I said, you guys are the Naughty Dog boys. Yeah. Uncharted's that way too. It's kind of like a different style of game, right? Like we're like even with Red Dead, right? Like you have you can customize your own honor system. You can play it as a bad John Marston or Arthur Morgan, or you can play as a good John Mar- Marston or Arthur Morgan. It's it, this is very like I, I don't know, maybe you guys can talk through this a little bit, but it's like Naughty Dog is a very cinematic game experience, right? With like the Uncharted's and Last of Us's. Okay, so what I like about Naughty Dog games is there's none of that hocus pocus multiple ending, you know, missed a clue, so you get this ending now kind of bullshit. <laughs> like Quantum Theory, like I love your games to death. Believe me, Detroit Become Human is one of my favorite games of all time. But like what Naughty Dog does that's brilliant is especially with like Last of Us or Uncharted is you can play the action a million different ways and you're going to get the same result each time. Which means like I can go stealth the entire time in Last of Us. I can hoard, you know, supplies, I can kill when I want to, I can sneak around people all I want or I can go guns a blazing and try to go that way. You know, I can kill people in different ways. I can kill the infected in different ways. I can decide not to kill. There's, I can, you know, skin a cat a million different ways with Last of Us or Uncharted. And by the end of it, Joel Miller is still going to carry Ellie out of the hospital. And that's what I really love. Different means to the same end of a story. But I do think, like, I don't know. Like, there's, like, a moment. Like I said I barely played the game. But when I'm watching the last episode, and you have to give Ellie a boost up. And she, like, sends down a ladder for you. Like, I did that, like, ten <laughs> times in a little bit that I played. You know what I mean? It's like, the, they, they get it. <laughs> I laughed really hard when that scene came on. I laughed really, really hard. <laughs> I, have a, I have a question for you guys. So, the, the Kansas City, like I said, it resolves with the infected coming out of the ground. They get out of there. I think there's, like, a significant flash forward, like, a few months flash forward which again like i I really wish we could have had like even just a filler episode of them going into some area of infected and kind of having like even sneak around or do something there should have been at the college man yeah the college is supposed to be i was expecting so much more from that episode dude i was expecting some fun stuff in the college 
Some fun, fun stuff. What goes down in the game? It's just like a whole encounter level of where like you're dodging raiders and probably some zombies and then like yeah you have to you have to fire up a generator when like that's another thing is like in the game you have to be super quiet mm-hmm. like in, in this show you could just bang around nothing happened but like in the game you have to fire up a generator around tons of infected and you gotta fly like it, it's fun in that first episode where like they're in that one room with three clickers that is what the game is that is like one to one that's like yeah that was really fun to watch I wish there was a lot more of that in the show, but just being quiet in general, like sneaky scenes like that, even with humans, that would have been really, really cool to see. Mm -hmm. It would have been cool to see like Joel and Ellie growing as a team, right? You know what I mean? Like maybe at first Ellie's not as like adept with dealing with the clickers, but by the end, like she can like throw something to distract the clickers and Joel shoots them. You know what I mean? Like it doesn't really like, level ellie up or use her bow and arrow but but like you guys said they're moving out west they, they do get to a college the question that i had though tommy is joel's brother and the whole reason joel set out on this mission was to find tommy he doesn't give a shit about ellie at the beginning he only wants to find his brother dude why couldn't like tommy couldn't send any message tommy didn't want to mm. i feel like tommy's girlfriend does not like joel no um, Mikey, I'm sure like we went over this in the video game series too. Like, Tommy like probably still does have some severe PTSD because of Joel. The stuff that Joel made Tommy do like to survive, they were just murdering innocent folks left and right. But they're alive. Yep. <laughs> it's almost like Tommy didn't want to be that's, found. That's Joel's excuse. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, Tommy is like he served in war. Too, right so he's got all kind of ptsd and and joel says he's always been been a joiner like we mentioned they get they go they are trying to get to this college and joel gets stabbed there but then the show in episode eight does another flashback which i guess is from the dlc did you guys play the dlc mm-hmm. left behind yeah I, I i feel like i'm coming across very negative on the show i love this show i love this universe they've built i love these story arcs but like it did feel like a pretty big detour in a nine episode season to have a whole flashback of ellie and her her friend her kind of first girlfriend what happens there mikey dig us through it yeah so it's ellie in the qz in boston and she has a roommate but she's not around i guess she like escaped and so ellie is uh, in gym class or something, she gets in trouble for listening to music. Somebody wants to beat her up or whatever, but she's a fighter, so she doesn't take any crap. And then uh, she ends up getting talked to by, like, I don't know, their principal or whatever they have in this QZ. He's, like, trying to convince her that if she straightens up her act, she can, like, become more than just like a, a, a patrol guard or something in in this society and she can like have power over the girls that are bullying her because they're so much dumber than ellie bethany started it well bethany's in the infirmary with 15 stitches good okay just put me in the fucking hole i put you in the hole three times it doesn't work so i'm gonna try something new what i'm gonna tell you the truth you're smart ellie you're so smart you're stupid can't see where this is going let me help you out two paths ahead of you 
First path. You keep acting like a grunt so you get the life of a grunt. Up at dawn, walk the streets, walk the wall. You eat shit food, you do shit jobs, you take shit orders from your patrol leader, who'll probably be Bethany. And that'll be your life from now until you catch a bullet from a firefly or fall drunk off a roof or get your hair caught in a moving tank tread. Mm. There's the other path. You swallow this pride of yours. You follow the rules, you become an officer. You get your own room, you get a nice bed. We eat well, we don't go on patrol. We're cool in the summer, we're warm in the winter. And best of all, when you're an officer, you get to tell the Bethany's of the world exactly where to shove it. Why do you even care? I care because no matter what anyone out there says or thinks, we're the only thing holding this all together. If we go down, the people in this zone will starve or murder each other. That much I know. There's a leader in you. And one day it could be your turn. She uh, she doesn't like the QZ, so she tries to escape once her friend comes back and like asks her to, to bust out and check out the mall or whatever with her. So they go to the mall and Ellie's had a crush on this girl for like as long as they've been roommates and friends. So she's down to do whatever with her and her friend just shows her through the mall and they do whatever they can in this post-apocalyptic world where like there's, they somehow have electricity. It's somehow connected to a grid or whatever. And they say uh, it's cleared out because the, I don't know, QZ is, I don't know. I, I don't know. I don't know all the excuses of why they're, they think they're safe in this area, but they're very not safe and uh, end up getting attacked by a couple zombies. And her roommate gets bit. Uh, Ellie also gets bit and they make a pact to just go crazy together, I guess is what uh, her friend says. Uh, but of course, that doesn't happen because Ellie is immune. And so we don't see anything, but it's implied. I mean, I guess in the game, it's implied that Ellie ends up shooting her. There's so many little details in this show. Like, I think early in the series, Ellie is like aware of Mortal Kombat. And then it comes to show like how she knows about Mortal Kombat, right? Because she played in the arcade in, the, in that mall that you're talking about. The production design of this mall, fucking fantastic by the way. Mm. So many awesome like, I don't know, just like the lights. They probably didn't have to do much to it. It's probably what an actual mall just looks like right now. (laughs) (laughs) That was Concord Mall. (laughs) Yeah, it's Concord Mall right now. Yeah, basically. Stevie though, like, does the game and I don't mean to make it all about the game, but like, what, what I really like about the show is that it does kind of show all these different angles of everyone's acting on what they think is like the best interest for humanity and society mm-hmm. as a whole right and it would be very easy to say that like fedra's fascist and, and fedra's evil and maybe to some extent that they they are but when you see ellie kind of training in fedra there's a lot of like points to be made you know what i mean like i forget who the um commander guy was of fedra but he's like listen we're the only people holding this shit together there's mm-hmm. no fucking like society without fedra right like, we're, we're keeping the only quarantine zones intact like i don't know what, what do you think about sort of like the multiple angles of it like that like is federate federate fascist in your eyes are they the bad guys they can be um just like any you know construct or you know pillar of power there's always going to be abuse right mm-hmm. like in a perfect society fedra 
And like the quarantine zones would work hand in hand. Both comes power, comes abuse. And when you get abuse like that, you're going to get pushback. And sometimes it's a violent pushback to where an entire QZ, you know, has a downfall and there's no more Fedra. And sometimes Fedra is holding on really well, just like in Boston. So it's kind of give or take right through our points to be made. Mm-hmm. You know, we don't get a lot of that in the game where it's like, you know, mainly it's, you know, Fedra's trying to kill us left and right. I mean, for Christ's sakes, uh, it's not zombies that are chasing Tess and Ellie and Joel to like the Capitol building. It's Fedra. So, yeah, it kind of goes both ways. I mean, it's even like explicit at one point, right? Because what's her name? What's her friend's name? Riley, I think. Mm-hmm. Riley, yeah. Like at one point, Riley's like, Fedra's fascist, uh, and Ellie's like, well, and like starving out the people, and Riley and Ellie's like, well, people wouldn't be starving if the fireflies didn't blow up the food supplies. You know what I mean? So it's kind of like, yeah, everyone has their own means to an end, which I think is best for society. But it's all like from your perspective and the perspective of the people who are in those positions trying to do their best. One person though, who I feel like it's almost impossible to sympathize with is David. <laughs> can you tell us about Stevie, can you tell us about David a little bit? Oh, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> Thanks, Mikey. That is, uh... He is an SVU character just waiting to happen. I've always had a violent heart. And I struggled with it for a long time. But then the world ended and I was shown the truth. Right. By God. No. By cordyceps. What does cordyceps do? Is it evil? No. It's fruitful. It multiplies. It feeds and protects its children. And it secures its future with violence if it must. It loves. He's one of those characters I thought we need, we needed to spend more time with. Um, I thought it would have been beneficial to the show to spend more time with David. Um, I just didn't feel like one episode was enough, especially for how big his character really is. And David is a leader of, what do you say, 50, 60 people? That sound about right? Yeah, a small band. Growing smaller by the minute. <laughs> Growing, yeah, and tastier by the minute, too. Um, but he's this kind of religious nut that's just holding people, to, you know, trying to keep the society together. And... Um, you know, one day when him and his friend James, who is the voice of actual Joel in the video games, are out hunting, uh, you know, they come across Ellie. And as we bounce back and forth between, you know, him being with the town and him interacting with Ellie, we kind of start to learn of his true nature, which is pretty sadistic. He's not letting anything go to waste, though, Stevie. He's... <laughs> very economical with the meat in this society. He's very resourceful. Very resourceful. Yeah. Like I said, it's like everyone, you can kind of see where they're coming from. Dave is just a fucking evil dude. <laughs> There's nothing redeeming. Dude, he's pure evil. And you kind of think for a little bit, it's like, oh, you know, David's not that bad. He ends up being a horrible person. Like, he wants to make Ellie his bride, right? Like, that's kind of like his... His pet, yeah. I guess it's like kind of implied that he was pretty... Ab- because like what he says he has a wife he had a wife and kids before uh-huh. and i i guess i don't know if they're still alive but i was like implied i think that he was pretty abusive to them as well or wanted to abuse them as well 
and then the society collapse just like let that happen more easily or something just from what he was saying i don't know mm-hmm. he says some creepy stuff and it's funny too because it's like everything this is, this is beyond where i played in the game so i didn't know exactly what was going to happen but i assumed just the way that like, stories usually work that joel was gonna wake up you know what i mean and come out and save ellie ellie saves herself she fucks David up. And maybe that's what you're talking about mm-hmm. a little bit, Mike. And James. And James, yeah. Like, Ellie goes off on him with a meat cleaver. And it's probably at this point where she kind of has her her breaking point. And this is, this is like where their arcs kind of culminate, right? Joel's calling her baby girl now, holding her. Ellie is just fucked beyond belief after what she had to do. That's a pivotal moment in the game, too. It's really, it's really, it, it, it's, what do you say, Mikey, like one-to-one in that episode? Yeah, uh, it ends, I mean, it doesn't last very long in this show. Because Ellie saves herself in the game, too. Yeah, it w- would have been cool if there was more action to that scene, because, like, the whole fight between David and Ellie is pretty great. Like, you, the place is burning down around you, but mm-hmm. I feel like this is over pretty quickly. Yeah. Mm-hmm. But, like, kind of the implied, like, attempted rape is pretty like one-to-one as well same with like i mean cage um and if it like in the game joel you know pulls ellie off david when his head is pretty much gone from a machete um in this one he you know comes upon ellie as she's exiting so it's pretty close and like i said this is where bella ramsey ellie this is kind of her breaking point and in the finale you've seen a total flip in these characters right where, as before, like, Joel didn't really care about Ellie at all. He just treated her like a, a package, basically, that he had to deliver. Now he fucking loves Ellie. Stevie, can you take us through what happens here in the last episode a little bit? And, and like, there's some one-to-one, I think, with the giraffes, right? Like, that's from the game. That's directly from, yeah. Joel is kind of has this hopeful outlook on the future. And he's talking about stuff we're going to do once this is over. You know what I mean? I'm going to, you know, grab a guitar maybe. I'll teach you how to play it. And that's a huge part in the second game. <laughs> um, you know, it's an unfortunate nod to it. But also just he's feeling kind of hopeful. And, you know, the, the roles have flipped where he's being chatty now. And, you know, Ellie is, you know, really quiet and really reserved and almost just scared of the idea of, you know, what happens if either me or Joel lose each other? It's this, you know, total reversal flip. And also that beautiful moment where, you know, she's interacting with with those giraffe to feed it. And Joel just shoots her that look of just, you know, like, I'm proud of you. I'm happy for you that, you know, I'm seeing you smile. It's just, it's a really pretty moment. And in Joel's mind, and I don't know if the game does it in the same way, but Ellie has completely replaced Sarah for Joel. You know what I mean? Like, not replaced, but she—he's—she's truly become a surrogate daughter for him, right? He's trying to like play boggle with her. He's trying to, you know, like you said, he's got to teach her guitar and all this stuff. Like, the characters couldn't be more different than they were at the beginning of the show, where Joel is trying to get you know her to tell her jokes out of the book, or she didn't at the beginning. They do find the fireflies, which they were trying to find. Mikey, the dramatic conclusion. What goes down here? Yeah, so they're looking for this hospital and they get 
taken down by it would be the fireflies uh they get like flash banged or whatever and joel's knocked out ellie's knocked out they get dragged to this hospital and ellie is like immediately prepped for surgery and it is explained to joel by marlene i guess she had traveled across the country she said she lost a lot of people along the way and she was she says she owes joel uh for getting her across the country because it's like an impossible task like she didn't expect them to even make it so she's prepped and ready to go to surgery and uh joel wants to see her one last time and he gets hit knocked out and uh, is ordered to just leave because, again, Marlene's not being explicitly clear with uh, what they're going to do to Ellie, but she's making it clear enough that Ellie's not going to survive the procedure uh, looking for a, a cure. Um, and Joel is obviously angry. He has to leave. Uh, Marlene says she wishes it could have gone differently or whatever uh but if he tries to do anything to shoot him and so they're like leaving down the steps this is different than the game and he ends up taking out the guards that were following him and then he goes on like a, a rampage a cinematic rampage throughout the hospital to get to ellie and the the pivotal key scene for next season is going to be this operating room scene see like We've heard a lot about Joel throughout the course of the series and how he's this violent guy and how he's capable of all these, like, terrible things, basically. Joel takes out an entire hospital full of fireflies. Like, presumably the firefly, like, one of their strongholds. Stevie, did the, the way the action unfold in the series live up to, or I guess, the final level of the game? <laughs> um... I mean, it was pretty close. Like, as I said, you can play that hospital level a million different ways. You can save up on all your ammunition, go guns a blazing, and get th- go you know go guns a blazing, and get through it pretty easily. Or you could do what I did and have nothing and take four hours to stab forty people. You know, just <laughs> you can do it a bunch of different ways. But I kind of liked the ending quite a bit, where they kind of muted the violence and just you know, played a score over it. I didn't mind that at all. The only thing I wish they had shown, um, which, you know, I hate to keep going back to the game, but the game is really pretty visually, was kind of, you know, that red, Mike, you know, talking about that red light flashing over surgery that, you know, Abby sees all the time. Mm-hmm. Um, I wish that light would have been flashing really badly. I thought it would have been, it had to be, I don't yeah, know. Yeah, it's it, kind of like, it's pivotal, Iconic. man. Yeah, you, you have to show that red light flashing over surgery. Um, and also, uh, you know, there's budgetary stuff to this. I, you know, in the game, the job really isn't done when, you know, you get to Ellie. Joel still has to, you know, battle his way out while carrying Ellie as well. The, the one for one I did like was the, the Marlene um, conversation in the parking garage. That was pure one to one. Very similar. Mm -hmm. You can't save her. Even if you get her out of here, then what? How long before she's torn to pieces by a pack of clickers? That is, if she hasn't been raped and murdered first. 
It ain't for you to decide. It's what she'd want. And you know it. You can't keep her safe forever. No matter how hard you try, no matter how many people you kill, she's gonna grow up, Joel. And then you'll die, or she'll leave. Then what? How long till she's torn apart by infected or murdered by raiders? Because she lives in a broken world that you could have saved. Maybe. But it isn't for you to decide. Or you. So what would she decide, huh? Pretty cold-hearted by Marlene. Right? Like, I, I don't know. You saw this baby basically being born. It's one of your best friends. To not even give Ellie the choice... I don't know. Like when I'm watching the series, I'm thinking about like who do I think are the good guys. I can't side with the Fireflies just because they don't give Ellie the choice. You know what I mean? Like Ellie probably would have chosen to sacrifice herself, and I think Joel knows that, right? Like early in the episode, she's like, "We have to see this thing through. We've come too far. No, I can't just go chill with you in Wyoming. We have to like finish what we started." And I feel like Joel deep down knows that you're getting into part two territory here yeah no <laughs> it's shit all pivotal to their feelings towards each other in the second game deep part two <laughs> well i guess you guys have played part two but do you have any from us like you know just as you consuming the story perspective do you think what joel did was right yeah because just on the fact that there's no way they're gonna make a vaccine there's uh, to me there's no way so I felt like he was just saving a life because they're just going to hack up a girl and they're going to get nothing out of it. And like, if you wanted to do this, why <laughs> you couldn't find, I feel like it'd be safer to bring the doctor to Boston or something. Do it, do a different way. If you really wanted to do that, maybe do it when she's like five. So if she really doesn't have a choice, but I don't, really know why they waited so long for Ellie to be of age to be able to kill people much easier. <laughs> I, I don't know. What about you, Stevie? You think what Joel did was right? This could have been the future of humanity. You could have saved the world if you just let Ellie die. But that's not the point of the story. I know. <laughs> uh, no. Um, do I think what Joel did was right from a macro perspective? Absolutely not. But any father, I mean, even if he hadn't lost his daughter, say that was his daughter, would burn the world to the ground before, like, he let his daughter die for something like that. Mm -hmm. So, like, that's what's kind of beautiful is, like, yeah, he's going to let the world burn, but his world is still alive. And he's willing to pretty much, you know, come what may, anyone who's played the games knows, for, like, to see Ellie grow up. Like, he's not going to lose another daughter, per se. And that's kind of the beauty of the story. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's the best part of the story to me. Because, like, Marlene had no idea that Joel was going to transform in this way, right? Like, when they set out from Boston, to Marlene, Joel's just a piece of shit. You know what I mean? Like, he's one of the worst people mm -hmm. that she knows. And she would assume that if he completes this, he's just going to go about his merry way. She didn't know all this emotional depth would be added and they would bond so strongly. Um, but the season, season one ends with Joel looking Ellie in the eye and swearing, lying by the way, but swearing that what he told her was true. The, that, you know, he didn't actually kill everybody in the hospital 
in the last words of season one are Ellie saying, okay, believing him. But you can tell there's a little bit of hesitation there. You can, and that, I, I don't know. Bella, Bella Ramsey does such a good job. You can tell that she doesn't fully believe uh, Joel in the scene. Anything I missed or any other final thoughts you guys had from this first season? I think I told you this like a month and a half ago, Pat. There's no way they're going to be able to do all this in one season without it feeling like rushed, right? Yeah. And like I said, there's a pretty huge time jump at one point where it jumps ahead three months. But you, Oh, you, yeah. That's a, that's a good point. You think it felt rushed, though, Stevie? Just in general? Just in general, yeah. There's some parts. I mean, like, you know, I love the DLC. Like, I don't think the Riley... And Ellie part needed to be an entire episode. I think there's places we could have gone, like other places we could have gone. Um, even if we don't spend a lot of the time with the infected, which I, I think I pretty much know why. In like in this first season, I, uh, I think we could have spent it with more. How do I put this? I think David could have got a little more focus on. I also think there could have been more time spent at the hospital, like by far. So just little things like that, but that's nitpicky stuff. Otherwise, like it was great. The actor who played Sam, he got a little bit viral because um, he's actually a deaf person, mm-hmm. and love love that casting. He's amazing in the role, and he got to like hang out with like, some hockey team that he really likes, and I thought that was super cool. But yeah, apparently you guys have played the second game. I I, I don't want to spoil it for people who. Have listened to episode three hundred four. Turn it off now if you don't want to know. Or play the same <laughs> game. Apparently, it's going to be broken into multiple seasons. So, do you guys think that's that's going to be enough? Like, do you have any predictions? I guess for where it goes from here, based on on the game, on the format of part two, it makes sense and it will flow a lot better than just trying to cram it all into one season. You'd have to have three hour episodes. Yeah, it would be impossible. It'd have to be like a twenty episode season if you're going to. Yeah. Cram all all into one. I think I know where the next season goes, though. What you got? Mikey, let me know if this sounds true to you. You know, throughout the game, we got a lot of flashbacks, Mm -hmm. like between Joel and Ellie. And turn this off now if you don't want to know. Okay, anyway, now we got a lot of flashbacks. And, you know, like especially her, like, running away to Salt Lake again. And her finding everything out and stuff like that. And her being like despondent towards Joel and Jackson. I think the second to last episode of the next season will be Abby, you know, signing a contract with Titleist in front of Joel. (laughs) And then the last episode of the following season will be her prepping to go to Seattle. That's what that's what I, I think that'd be. That's the best way to handle that. Because you can't handle like the, handle like the game, because mm-hmm. people literally might stop watching. Mm-hmm. Um, but I think the yeah, th- best way to handle that would be second to last episode, you know, six iron, and then um, final episode, go to Seattle. First episode, I think, would be a great place mm-hmm. is to open up on the hotel where her and Joel are going through the hotel. And the bloaters running through the walls trying to kill him. That's a great place to open. I, I just don't think the TikTok kids are ready for what happens. I don't think they're ready, two. my friend. It's <laughs> just um, don't think they're ready. No, like people will. Whoo! You guys are very contrarian because most people, I, I wouldn't say most people, but the internet in general hated the second game. It's such a fucking minority, dude. 
You guys like some of the only two I heard who liked it. Everyone who's a Last of Us fan loves the second game. I've heard Neil Neil Druckmann say that, like, fuck the haters. It's not going to diverge too much. Like, we're not going to make seismic changes from the game, which I love that. Like, honestly, if they diverted that, like, one huge part away from, like, the you know, next season of the show, I'd probably stop watching the show. It would be weird. Yeah, I would probably stop watching the show if they didn't do what they need to do. And it's such a minority, I think, that we're, like, you know, mad about that. Anyone who's, like, played the games and who loves the series like as much as me and Mikey do, game two is a masterpiece. What I'm wondering is, like, even part two is a, t- a considerable time jump. Like, Ellie's, like, 10 years older, like... Are they going to stick with Bella Ramsey or are they going to get someone else? Dude, that's my thing. I was going to bring that up too. You can age up Pedro Pascal, but Bella Ramsey is still going to look pretty small. Yeah, because, I mean, Ellie is, what, early 20s in the second one? I mean, it's pretty considerably different, to say the least. They've also said, or at least announced recently, that there will be more infected in the subsequent seasons and you have to kind of wonder too did hbo i know they love craig mazin he's an amazing work with them with chernobyl but you had to think in the back of their minds every other video game adaptation that's ever been made has been dog shit basically you know what i mean like this is so far and above like everything other video game adaptations have ever been they they may have had like one foot out one foot in also, you have to remember the merger and their CEO at the time they were making this show. Oh, that's a good point. Like, David Zasloff was cutting things left and right. Mm-hmm. Like, I'm sure he didn't give this, you know, the grand old college try as far as budgets. Oh, yeah, that's a good point. Like, he was literally cutting and frying everything he could at HBO Warner. But this feels like the, like, flagship show for HBO right now, right? Like, with Succession winding down maybe white lotus but this is like the flagship drama almost heir to like game of thrones show that they have right i mean you have house of the dragon and and this basically which by the way what a year for hbo that they've had despite all the chaos at wb mm-hmm. any other final thoughts though i mean i just gotta say that i after watching the game, after playing the game and watching the show, I'm still impressed. And like you said, Pap, this is definitely the best piece of video game. Uh, me, uh, what what would you get? Transmedia or whatever that you want to, whatever you want to call it. Just not the game. Um, it's probably the best piece of TV or whatever to come from a game. It's just still. The acting in the game, Stevie, I don't know. Dude, they are out of their fucking minds in the game. The acting is so good. It is unreal. You can't touch it. No. And like the the way that they talk to each other, it's just... The voice lines are like burned in my mind. It's so good from the game. So if like you have never played the game and think this is good... You are going to totally love the game if you ever play it because it. I just feel like it's acted so much better. And like this is Pedro Pascal and Bell Ramsey. They're really good actors. I think it's just so much better in the game. And it's amazing that it's so much better in the game. Yeah. And like, I, I can't explain this enough. 
pick up the sticks and play Last of Us Part Two and Part One if you haven't played that already. You but can play it on as easy as you want. You can just walk through it now. Apparently, at this point, if you play it on PS Five, you can make it so easy. Yeah, just or watch it on YouTube. Like seriously, it. I mean, honestly, Last of Us Two is my favorite video game of all time. Like it's not close. I can play that game literally every day for the rest of my life and not get bored. And it's like, it's, I mean, honestly, Mikey, part two, since we went through part one so quickly, has to be at least three or four seasons, in my opinion. When you get down into like the, um, the Seraphites, you know, the different infected. There's a lot of shit that happens. Dude, Yara and Lev. Two is like a, a, 40 hour game easy there's a lot of stuff that happens the yara lev abby like trio are some of my favorite like video game moments you'll ever like find i mean the opening like when abby gets knocked out and taken prisoner by the seraphites where you know they're reading her scripture about the disemboweler that's like some of my favorite shit in video games and honestly (laughs) i hope they kind of go full full with it because the seraphites that's brutal like what they do to their victims is absolutely brutal. And Pappy, for like for those who don't understand, like the Seraphites are a cult that kind of want to go back to the old ways before electricity, if that makes sense. Like Amish, um, they, basically. Um, like the village, like the village, but militaristic. It's like the Amish, it, it, the yeah. less fucked up, basically. Oh, it's <laughs> real <laughs> fucked up. Fucked up. <laughs> it's yeah, it's in like Yara and Lev and Abby are great. Um. I honestly, I think how how you're going to combine, it's going to be fun because I think they can do it where, you know, Abby has their own episodes. Then you have, you're going to have Jesse, Dina, and Ellie have their own episodes in Seattle. Then you're going to get Abby, R and Lev have their own episodes. And then hopefully by the third season of part two, it's just fucking chaos. And we end the last two episodes with the Rattlers and that's fine. Um, But yeah, it's um, man, I'm just excited as a show going forward. I think this is the best video game adaptation we've had in a long time. Not that this is like without its faults. I thought they could have slowed it down a little bit instead of the jumping, but I get it. There's budgetary constraints. I perfectly understand that, and I'm really, really excited for you know part two to get released in two to three years. I mean, you do the, get the sense right when you're watching it that. And even like people talked about at the time, like maybe Uncharted had this before, but I do think this is like a game changing, media changing event that we just experienced. And that, like I said, I really think that like more games will be focused on like how they can be adapted into a movie and the way that we consume media, not like fundamentally change. Like there's still going to be movies. There's still going to be TV shows. But to like actually be able to play the show and the movie that you watch, I, I mean, all like hats off, truly like Craig Mazin. Like I, I don't know, like I said, I only played a little bit of the game, but just even like some of the little details of like at the beginning, with like having to conserve resources and things. Like I, I don't know, I feel like it's just brilliant. We can get into yes or no, then I'll go first. Very hard yes for me. Like Stevie just said, not without its flaws, but I don't think that's the fault of the showrunners or the actors um just budgetary constraints craig mazin made the conscious choice to kind of combine the first two episodes into one 
80, 90 minute, whatever it is, runtime episode. And I think it really worked and it hooked a lot of people. Nine episodes for a video game isn't a lot, but my God, like the character arcs that like these characters have are really emotional. Like there's, there's one moment in the finale where I literally teared up a little bit. It's like when Joel is talking about how he like tried to kill himself mm-hmm. and Ellie says time heals all wounds and he looks at Ellie and he's like it wasn't time holy shit like you know what I mean like implying <laughs> that it was her like dude I I literally welled up at that moment because it's like I don't, he loves her so much dude he says some stuff in the second game oh dude it brings it, it, like I cried in the second game like hard yeah I think people in 50 years will look back at like what the last of us did I'm talking about the game and how like you know people at the time were saying this is the best video game ever made like if you were in like the early 2000 teens and you googled best video games ever made last of us was always one two or three and like that comes down to the storytelling of it and I think this is just a really really interesting way to consume media as a show I think like it stands on its own really really well I'm excited that the next game is going to be drawn out into a couple more seasons. I think the more they can slow down, the better. But yeah, the best video game adaptation of all time, bar none. Mikey? It's a hard, hard yes. We love that it's like a companion piece to the OG game. Um, You get more context in the... Some of the little nuances that are never really explained in the game or have been like sort of mysteries to uh the fan base for a real long time and characters so that's nice it's really cool to see that uh implemented so well in two different forms of media that complement each other i think that's really cool that it would be amazing to see more of that kind of stuff metal gear solid movie uh but that's also (laughs) what uh metal gear solid one was like the first game that people were like oh man this guy is trying to make a movie here in a video game and then last of us is like the first game that people were like oh man this is this is like a game worthy of actually becoming that movie and people have been talking about this specific thing getting made ever since that game came out like 15 years ago and it's so cool to see that it's actually been done and then it's actually been done so well and we get to see it with pedro pascal who's like the fucking coolest guy. I'd love to see a Hispanic guy just totally fucking dominating <laughs> everything right now. Uh, Battle Ramsey is great. But man, if you like this so much, you gotta play the game because the game is just... Oh, even David. David is such a fucking creep in the game. Dude, he he's is a horror 10 villain. times better. He's incredible in the game, voiced by Nolan North. I wish he was in this show as a cameo as well. But... um. Oh man, the game is so good, so fucking good. I really have no idea what, how they're gonna chop up the second season because that game is just a beast. It's so fucking you, Stevie. You just reminded me of all of the Seraphite stuff. I forgot the about scars, that stuff. That bro. is a whole yeah. That is a whole fucking separate storyline. That that's a really long branch of the game. Mm-hmm. But there's just so much to that game. I don't know how they're gonna do it, but. It's exciting to see what this show can become. Yeah, because like Pap said, they WB is going through some problems this last couple of years. So if they're fine next year or 
whenever they're in production again and it goes smoother, uh, it'll be interesting to see how well the show can actually turn out. So hard, hard. Yes. I hope it's, it was good. I hope it's even better next season. Mikey, what's one thing that you want to see in the second season? Like that's from like the game that you're like, this, this has to be in there. Spoiler, you got to give me the Rat King. Bro, I gotta see that the guy. Rat King. <laughs> I remember you guys talking I about that. I got Rat King. <laughs> oh, the fucking Rat King. God, that was the most scared I've ever been playing a video game. Real quick, Stevie, before you go. So just speaking of the voice actors, I it was a total mind fuck at the beginning of the finale because I'm like, damn, this lady sounds and looks a lot like Ellie. Come to uh, Ellie's mom in the yeah, show. Yeah, it is Ellie. It is yeah. Ellie. <laughs> it's like, holy shit. Like, yeah, when she was like sense. grunting and kind of screaming, I was like, oh, mm-hmm. there's Ellie. <laughs> mm-hmm. um, second thing, David Zaslov, I know you're a listener of spoilers. This has got to be a top priority. Like, fuck all the other Game of Thrones spinoffs. Fuck whatever yeah. else you have in the throat, like in the pipeline. This should be your bread and butter. And I would love to see like a, I don't know, this is speaking more macro, but like a company, not Disney, a good company that's like actually focused on these kind of dual stories, right? Like we're going to make an incredible video game and incredible like um, TV show movie companion piece to it. I really think that's going to be the future. <laughs> no, not a TikTok. <laughs> uh, but Stevie, yes or no? Yeah, um, this is such a hard, hard yes. Like Pap, like you kind of like brought me back to it. The part where um you know joel looked at ellie and said it wasn't time like killed me inside like straight like teary-eyed at that point um this is just a brilliantly acted show and mikey i'm right there with you the game is somehow even like 10 times better and i don't even know how it makes sense but that you know what i mean you that's should, not even an understatement it's not it's it's such a credit to you know the people at night dog and all the voice actors like God, is it so good? And I'm and the one thing I'm so happy that Craig Mazin did because Craig Mazin has played The Last of Us Part One, The Last of Us Part Two, Inside and Out. Like he is a gamer, he understands what these games mean to people, you know. And being a writer, and I think he got his first directing in the show and the showrunner for this show. I mean, he cares a lot about this property, and to see him bring it to life is just so cool. I thought he did a fantastic job with it. Same with um, Neil Druckmann. Like, hats off to those guys, because what they're doing, like, it's one thing to adapt the show, but to make it a companion piece to something that's already beloved is, I mean, that's some 4D chess right there. So, good on those guys. Like, talk about not losing your fan base one iota. Like, anyone who's a fan of these games was picking up on stuff like, hey, like, this is this, this is that. Like, it's it's very neat. It's kind of amazing that, like, the fan base hasn't eviscerated it either like oh no they seem to love it like i feel like we're the most negative opinions on the show but only because we like the game so much only because we just love the property so much yeah and you know game two like if you thought the it wasn't time thing as a tearjerker just wait till joel and ellie talk on the back of a deck in the middle of winter it'll break your heart in freaking half um so yeah, uh, hardest of yeses. Pedro Pascal, Bella Ramsey, absolutely killed it. Neil Druckmann, Craig Mazin. God, this is like a dream come true because like these are my two favorite video games in the history of video games. So hardest of yeses. It really was because Stevie, you've been telling me about Craig Mazin for years, like the Script Notes podcast. Dude, I've, I've been 
I've been, I, I, I'm telling you, like, I worship at the, you know, altar of Craig Mazin. That dude knows what the fuck he's doing when it comes to story. Mm-hmm. If you need a podcast to listen to in between spoilers or releases, uh, check out Script Notes. It's a great podcast. Yep, John August and Craig Mazin. Those guys crush it. And it, we may have come across a little bit nitpicky, but it was three, three yeses for this. Do go and play the video game. I'll play the video game um, one and two before uh, the next season comes out. I promise that. But I know Mikey hates trivia, but I want to give you guys a little bit of Naughty Dog based video game trivia. Super simple, closest to. And by the way, if, if you don't, if you're not a gamer per se, or like you don't even own any way to play a game. You can just go on YouTube and there's a, a couple of YouTube videos called like Last of Us the Movie and it just has all of the cutscenes of The Last of Us. So if you want to like take that in, you can do that there. But I was doing a little bit of Googling around. According to speedrun.com. Let me make sure it's speedrun, not speedrunner. Yeah. Speedrun.com. Oh, no. What is the combined glitchless speedrun record of Last of Us Part 1? And Last of Us Part Two. What is how long? And, and keep in mind, these are like the best speedruns of all time. Not using glitches. Stevie, I'll let you go first. How long would it take the fastest players in the world to play Last of Us Part One and Last of Us Part Two? Does that include cutscenes? I think so. Yeah. Fact, or, I don't know if you can old. skip them or not. But. I don't know if it's like Metal Gear. You know. Metal Gear style. <laughs> Your unskippable cut the unskippable cut two hour cutscenes. 15, <laughs> yeah, 15 minutes long. Yeah. Um, man, I want to say combined. You can probably get through the first one in two to three hours. I'll say combined 8.30. Mikey? Uh, 15 hours. Okay. You guys are saying that the second one is a, a meteor game. I feel like this just speaks to it. The fastest time anyone's ever played The Last of Us was 2 hours, 44 minutes, and 56 seconds. The fastest time anyone's played The Last of Us 2 is 4 hours, 17 minutes, <laughs> 2 seconds. So nearly twice as long, but equaling 7 hours, 1 minute. Damn. A little bit less than you guys thought. But Stevie, uh, why don't you take us out here? I don't know if you have a hot take or anything else you want to say about video games or what you think would make a good video game adaptation, but the floor is yours. Kick us a spoiler, man. So my whole thing is, I think you have to be we have to be really careful about video game adaptations going forward, because all it takes is one, you know, 1990 Super Mario Bros. adaptation to throw the <laughs> shit back in the cellar again. Mm-hmm. Like I'm serious, that's all it takes. It, video games are a very hard thing to, really, really hard to adapt, just for the simple fact that the story has to be absolutely incredible. I mean, I would love to see, you know, Dead Space brought to life in a show That's a good or in one. movie style. But you know what? Event Horizon is pretty much Dead Space. And there's not a lot of meat on those bones when it comes to story. There's just not. If you want to call it visually awesome, great. But there's just not a lot of great story to it. I mean, look at Halo, one of the greatest selling video games of all time. And like Mikey said, the TV adaptation was absolute garbage. Right, Mikey? There's not even a lot of story to Halo, and they fucked that up. <laughs> no, yeah, exactly. All you do is fight aliens, and they fucked that up. How do you fuck up fighting aliens? Exactly. So, I really and you know people bring up Red Dead a lot. Whew, you got to really trim that back. I mean, that's 
John Marston special right there. You could maybe get away with a season of John Marston. Maybe two. The speed run record for Red Dead Redemption 2 is 14 hours. Compared Jesus to- Christ. <laughs> Insane. Yeah. So I just hope that the, you know, trend of Last of Us doesn't kickstart something bad because I really don't want to see a shitty version of Kratos on Amazon. I just don't. Like, I'd rather just hold that a little closer to the vest. So, yeah, I as I said, for every amazing adaptation, you know, we're due for a stinker. So hopefully people can kind of be smart about this and take their time with it. Mario is looking amazing, though. It does look really good. Mario looks really fun. Like Sonic wasn't bad either. No, Sonic I is guess. actually pretty solid. I like I like both Sonics. That was, that was pretty solid, but it's getting better. Yeah, it's. But yeah, you're right. A one stinker could send this ship awry, dude. It could send it right back to where it was, which is <laughs> a place where no one wants to be. Uh, you guys have anything else to add? Current uh, previous best adaptation of Castle that Castlevania show. If you guys haven't seen that, Ooh, that's a pretty good Castlevania one. Castlevania was really good. That's a really good show. We still need to finish that off. And by the way, don't say we didn't like this. We loved it. Gave it three hard yeses. Just in case anyone wants to complain. Yeah, I just... Yeah, you're talking about like my favorite series of all time. So it's like, I'm going to nitpick here and there. But absolutely love the show. All right. Well, if that's it, that was Spoilers. Special thank you to our patrons, Matt Troll, Brother Brian. Do you want to go somewhere or you just want to kind of stand here and do nothing? Druid King. Oh, cool. You're just going to stand there? Nick. Doesn't matter how much you push the envelope, it'll still be stationary. The Meg. Doesn't matter how much you push the envelope. It'll still be stationary. Nurse Stacy. 3.14% of sailors are pirates. The wolf. Ow, ow, ow. A moon rock tastes better than an earthly rock because it's meteor. <laughs> oh man, that made me hungry. Barky 420. What did the mermaid wear to her mouth glass? An allergy bra. Like, an allergy bra. Davey Kerr. I walked into my sister's room and tripped on a bra. It was a booby trap. Total movie recall. I tried to catch some fog earlier. I missed. PK. I stayed up all night wondering where the sun went. Then it dawned on me. I get it. Spencer. Why did the Scarecrow get a promotion? All right. Because he was outstanding in his field. Gale. Joel. What? Can I ask you a serious question? Yeah. Why did the Scarecrow get an award? Because he was outstanding in his field. (laughs) You dick. Did you read this? No. I'll go to sleep. If you'd like to request an episode, hear your name read by Spoiler Man, or even just help us make podcasts, please check us out on patreon.com slash spoilerspodcast. 
Our email is podcastspoilers at gmail.com. Twitter is at spoilers underscore pod. Our Instagram is podcastspoilers. It's lit. Josh Hensley from the Rutabaga wrote our theme song. Please support this podcast by leaving us an iTunes review. To do this, one, search for movie spoilers. Two, click on our orange spoilers bowl logo and scroll all the way to the bottom. Three, leave us some stars and some words. Now you can check us out on Spotify, YouTube, Stitcher, Apple, and Google Podcasts. Spoilers is now available on Audible. Dude, a Red Dead show is going to a thousand percent happen. There's no way it doesn't. I don't know if it's going to be good, but it's... Dude, Westworld, no I think, fuck that shit up, man. They spent a lot of money for very few eyeballs. It'd be hard, like... I don't know. The thing about John Marston is his voice is so iconic, too. Well, like... That's the thing about Kratos. It's like, you can't find a man that big with that voice <laughs> and paint him in all white... And expect him to not look goofy. Make yeah, it a mean, very I, specific I, thing. I love the new voice of Kratos. I think he is so good. Like, like the new, vo- like the PS4, PS5 voice of Kratos, unreal. Mm-hmm. I mean, Pedro Pascal is fucking amazing, and he's not exactly A-list. But like, the worst thing they could do would be like, I haven't played a lot of God of War, but it'd be like. Jason Momoa is Kratos. You know what I mean? Like just getting someone for He'd be a shit Kratos, dude. Just, but just David Bautista name, could do it, but he like, like David Bautista could do it because he's a good actor. The bad version is like The Rock as Kratos. You know what oh, I mean? God. That's what I feel like it would be. I don't feel like people could see past anything other than trying to get The Rock as Kratos. I think the best Kratos we could get is a no-name, like the actual voice, because the actual guy who does the voice is huge. Like He's jacked and huge. He would be a great Kratos. That's the thing, is I feel like you don't need to stunt cast an A-list person, because you have a built-in audience already. You know what I mean? Like, the people love the video game, they're going to watch it, just make a good show. That's all you got to do, do. I should ask this, who do you guys think plays Abby? <laughs> I saw someone hate- float... Uh, Florence Pugh or whatever around. Yeah, like, she's, she's tiny. Tall enough, she's man. tiny. She's like yeah. five two. Well, and she's way older than Bella Ramsey, so then you have to. Well, I guess who's older in the game? Abby. Abby or... by far. Oh, okay. Well, I guess that could work. See, that's what I'm saying. It's like, are we gonna have Bella Ramsey again? Dude, they said that, that she's, she's so. They said that she's like not gonna go anywhere for season two, but it's like, all right, but season three and season four, are like, let's get moving here. Yeah. Like, what's going on? Like, I guess they don't got to go to part two right away. Maybe they won't do that. I don't know. I think they said um, late 2024, early 2025. That is so long from now. Holy shit. It's a good thing, though, Pap. That means they're actually going to work on it. Like, if they said it was coming, like, this spring, I'd be really worried. <laughs> <laughs> Did I mean, you like Mason, a folder? Like, Mason yeah, said last night, they haven't even started, like, officially, like, typing it yet. Yeah, I'm about to listen to Hella Script Notes.
Yeah. Um, has he just been a- pumped? Have you listened recently? Is he just like, is he taking a victory lap? Well deserved. He took a long victory lap for Chernobyl. Um, he took a pretty good victory lap for Mythic Quest with uh, with Rob McElhaney. Um, yeah, he, he he did a lot of work on Mythic Quest, and now he's, I think he's relieved because he was like he was pretty like he wouldn't say he was worried, but you kind of get that voice in your head like this is a pretty big IP, like don't fuck it up. Mm-hmm. Got you from some sloppy steaks. Slop them up. Glass house, white Ferrari, lives for New Year's Eve. <laughs> I said was. <laughs> I know your dad used to be a huge piece of shit. Spoilers.